0: anything about you. You're having a really good evening, jokes are flowing, conversation is easy, and you're part of this group. And then someone turns to you and says, so what do you do? It's at that point where you go from a nice bloke to being the creature from planet X. Because people think that you are irrelevant and disconnected from real life. And more recently, I've taken to answering that question by saying, not, I am a retired vicar, but this I tell stories for a living. I tell stories for a living. And that's not being disingenuous, I've actually come up with a new definition for a vicar. A vicar is a man or a woman who tells stories for a living. Because stories are all powerful. Without stories, we are not human beings at all. So if I tell stories for a living, let's begin with a story. I take you back to the venerable Bede, who wrote The Ecclesiastical History of the English People. Yes, I know, it's not Fifty Shades of Grey, but it's actually far, far more worth reading. Anyway, Bede wrote this story about how Christianity came to one of the Saxon tribes. It happened like this. It was this time of year, it was cold, it was dark, and the Saxon king, surrounded by his warriors, was in this thatched hall. There was a roaring fire in the centre of it and there was a window at one end, very small, and a small window at the other, both open, to allow the smoke to go out. And as Saxon kings do, he was eating and drinking and generally having a good time. And then a messenger came to say that there were people outside who wished to speak to him about a new God. Well, the king had been eating and drinking and had far better things to do than listen to a new God. But one of his warriors said to him, my Lord, listen to them. For our life is like a bird that flies from the dark outside through that window. It passes through the lighted hall and then flies through that window into the dark on the other side. If these men can tell us about the darkness that surrounds our life, then listen to them. The king did, and the men told the Christian story and converted the king. Stories are all-powerful. Without stories, we are not human beings at all. Our existence is a storied existence. I've preached before about the beginning and the end of the Christian story. You know how the beginning is this. There is a community of love bound together by bonds of love. And from that community of love overflows love and the universe comes into being. That community of love we call the Trinity. And the end is equally simple. We will say in this service, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. The end of our story is this, that Christ will be all in all, and those who know and love him will become sons in the Son. We will be drawn forever and finally into that community of love that brought us into being. That's the beginning, that's the end. But you see, if we stop there, there is no middle. The story is only half true. And we go back to being the bog-eyed creature from Planet X who doesn't live in our world. Let me tell you about our world. Our world is a world where families break down, where partners are abandoned, where children are left bewildered. Our world is a world where cancer strikes, where loved ones are lost to dementia. Our world is a world of redundancy and unemployment, loss of dignity and self-worth. Our world is a world where a few are affluent and billions live on less than a dollar a day. That is our world. But sometimes I feel when we enter church, we enter, rather like that wardrobe in Narnia, into a parallel universe where the things that concern us in our daily life are somehow left outside and there is a radical disconnect with real life. I think perhaps that's what Luke was saying in today's Gospel reading. Luke begins, doesn't he? In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar... Pontius Pilate was governor, Herod and Philip and Lysanias were tetrarchs, when Annas and Caiaphas were high priests, he says this. And what impact does that make on you? Well, the first thing, of course, Luke is saying, this is not a fairy story. This is not once upon a time. This really happened. But I don't think that's Luke's main point. I think what Luke is saying is this. Consider these characters. These characters who are just names to us. Tiberius Caesar. He followed Augustus. He was utterly, utterly ruthless. And in the eastern part of his empire, already he was being worshipped as a god. That man was Caesar. And then there was Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate, who was this incompetent governor. The one whose actions often led to chaos. And then there was Herod and there were Philip. Sons of Herod the Great. Hated by the Jewish people, for Herod was an Edomite. He wasn't a true Jew. And they would never accept his sons, as legitimate rulers. And then there was Annas and there was Caiaphas. These men were collaborators. They would sell their granny to keep in with the Romans. They were quizlings. And they too were hated by the ordinary Jews. Do you see what Luke is doing? He's saying when men like this were in power, men like this were ruling... In our normal, everyday life, something remarkable happened. What was it? In the 15th year of Tiberius Caesar, with Pontius Pilate, with Philip, with Herod, with Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. That's Luke's point. Our God is a God who gets his hands dirty. Our God is not outside history, unconcerned, remote, and indifferent. Our God is a God who has a plan and a purpose and a story, and the story continues in the midst of the upheaval and the messiness of normal human lives. This is not a story that has nothing to do with you and me. This is a story of God's concern for real men and real women living real lives with its joys and its sorrows, its ups and its downs. So John the Baptist comes, and he comes bringing the good news of God He quotes about a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. What's John doing? John is looking back earlier in the story. He's saying, do you remember when the Jewish people were in Babylon, when they were in exile, when they seemed to have no hope at all? The temple was destroyed and their homeland was thousands of miles away. But then God sent the word through Isaiah. And now Luke is saying, in this situation with Tiberius as Caesar, with Pontius Pilate as governor, and so on, in this seemingly hopeless situation, God is acting once again. He is bringing good news to the people. The story con. Continues. That's the important thing. The story continues. God's action in human history to bring in his kingdom continues in the lives of ordinary men and women. Somebody once said, religion is what a man does with his solitude. Religion is what a man does with his solitude. Forget the sexist language. It could not be a more wrong statement. Religion is nothing to do simply with our private, personal lives. God is concerned with the whole of our lives, public and private. God is a God of all our lives, a God of history. And that is what Luke says. Again, look at today's reading. There was no universal calendar. We can say that today is the 9th of December 2012. There was no universal calendar in Luke's time, so he dates God's action through John the Baptist by the Roman calendar, 15th year of Tiberius and by the Jewish calendar, when Annas and Caiaphas were high priests. See what Luke is saying again. This isn't just a local event. This is for all the known world. God's action isn't just for one people, it's for all people. And the quote that he gives from 2nd Isaiah, how does he end it? And all mankind shall see God's salvation. It's for all mankind. It's for everybody. So as we are in Advent, as we prepare for Christmas, Luke gives us the most important things. He tells us that we are part of a story that has a beginning and an end. And we are living, so to speak, in the middle. And in the middle, we have a God who gets his hands dirty, who is concerned with your life, whether it's going well or whether it's in chaos. He brings the good news that he has a purpose for it. And it's not just for special people. Not just for somebody else, it's for you. It's for each and every single one of us. So today, as we think of John the Baptist, let us give thanks that our lives have a beginning and a middle and an end, all of which are taken up by a God who is love, who cares about us and who very shortly we shall celebrate enters into history in that baby in Bethlehem. Let's just pray.